Introducing Bluehost Cloud, ultra-fast WordPress hosting with 100% uptime. Want a website with unmatched power, speed, and control? Of course you do. And now you can have all three with Bluehost Cloud, the new web hosting plan from Bluehost. With 100% uptime and incredibly speedy load times, your WordPress websites will be dependable and lightning fast on a global scale. Plus, your sites can handle even the biggest traffic spikes without going down or lagging. And with Bluehost Cloud, you get 24-7 WordPress priority support, meaning you're connected to WordPress experts anytime you need them. Not to mention, you automatically get daily backups and world-class security. So, what are you waiting for? Get Bluehost Cloud today by visiting bluehost.com. That's bluehost.com. Hello and welcome to the Indie Incursions podcast. My, I am, I don't even know where I'm going with that. My name is Vaughn Hyde. I'm one of your hosts, joined by Josh. Uh, today, we don't have anybody else because Alex is uh, trick-or-treating or just avoiding us. He's doing something special. So, how are you doing today, Josh? I'm doing pretty good. It's Halloween. Uh, you know, just doing what, uh, what I do best, I guess. Not trick-or-treating and uh, also staying on the podcast when everyone else leaves. Yeah, this shows that we really have lives outside of the stupid stuff we do for fun. Because neither of us are doing anything for Halloween. We're recording a podcast. (laughs) Yep. Priorities, of course. You want to hear about priorities? Guess what today is, other than Halloween? What's today? It's my sister's birthday. (laughs) Oh, nice. (laughs) Yeah, so that's priority for you. (laughs) Yeah. Well, happy birthday to her, I guess. Dude, yeah, right? Happy birthday to her and our audience, the the meager audience that it is, which is basically just us at <laughs> Parallax Media. Uh, our audience should appreciate my devotion to indie games. Yeah. Somebody's got to do so, it. Yeah, right? right. Somebody's got to talk about indie games for weeks on end, so I'm glad it's us. Uh, what have you been playing this week? Uh, so actually... Uh... We've talked about it, uh, I believe, once or twice on the last episodes. I picked up Save Me, Mr. Taco. Um, it's a very interesting game because it kind of creeps on the old Game Boy-esque feeling. Uh, everything is based on that kind of age uh, with the graphics, with the sound. It all feels like an old-school Game Boy game. You're basically this... Uh, octopus who for some reason it seemed like there was just this ancient city of uh, octopus creatures who they all seem to have ruled the world but now something happened and the humans are starting to take over and there's a giant war between them but you seem to be the only nice octopus in the world and you're helping out humans you're trying to stop the war that's happening it's very strange from the actual premise of the storyline i haven't gotten too far into it but it's uh it's very cute um the gameplay to it is very uh very limited since it is you know kind of a game boy game-esque style but it does uh it does have some good platforming in it basically you shoot out ink and anytime you shoot ink at an enemy or some type of object it will make it stationary so that you can climb on things you can stop platforms from moving and get from one area to the next um 
so far, uh, I'm enjoying it. I haven't gotten too far. Like I said, I've only played a couple of hours just because it came out yesterday, actually. But so far, so good. And, you know, probably the next time we're talking, I'll see, you know, what I really have as far as the evaluation for the game. Yeah, it was. Uh, yeah, we definitely have. I think in the first and second episodes, maybe we talked about Save Me, Mr. Taco, which is kind of weird. But <laughs> I, yeah, I thought it looked amazing. I've been checking it out for a while. Uh, I'm definitely. It's it's definitely not going to show up in our uh, our indie games release schedule that I do at the end of each podcast. Yeah, definitely not. Oh no, not at all. Not even a little bit. Yeah, it looks really good. I was honestly surprised. Um, I haven't seen many reviews for it right now, which is kind of odd. Um, one thing that I can say about like the games industry that I'm not a huge fan of, which I hope to rectify with stuff at like Parallax and uh, possibly later in my career if I ever actually get one, which cross my fingers. But um, <laughs> is I hope that I can eventually like review more indie games kind of a thing like bigger outlets don't really seem to uh put a whole lot of effort into reviewing indie games like wonder song um i reached out to the developer recently for an article that i i'm trying to write um and i was like looking at metacritic on how many reviews it had and it didn't actually have many especially from larger organizations like i think it was like ign spain reviewed it but um ign itself didn't have like the typical review on their front page or anything like that it just kind of blew my mind i was like what games that are highly sought after it seems like the only indie games that are getting reviews are ones that are like really really big or which is kind of an odd concept it's this tiny game that's really (laughs) massive um or games that like have been sought after for a while so like chasm it ended up coming out to like a decent release people enjoy it uh which i've spoken about it uh on i think last week's podcast that i played it and enjoyed it it got a review so did dead cells which that is what i have been playing this week is a little bit of dead cells uh i had to pick up that physical edition i saw it in a local game store and i was like shit they got me (laughs) yeah it it was kind of weird i just saw it on the shelf and i was like 30 bucks huh I'll buy it. I don't care. It's like $10 more than I'm pretty sure it is digitally. But <laughs> You and those physical copies, man. Something about those. I'll never understand it. <laughs> I just like to have it. I don't know why. It's just something to look at while, I don't know, I'm just sitting on my couch watching anime or something. So I guess. I don't know. I Like I, I've said it before, I'm such like a minimalist person when it comes to anytime i pick up crap or like have random objects in my house i feel like a month will go by and i'll just look at it and be like i'm just gonna check that out let's get rid of this like i i just i never want anything i'm such a like neat freak when it comes to that kind of stuff um but and i think to go back to your point uh, a little bit earlier it is kind of upsetting that an indie game has to be so uh, mind-blowing before it actually gets picked up or talked about but it's also there's just so much that's happening in like especially in the industry now i feel like indie games they're coming out every day like how could you possibly keep up with everything that's coming out there and i feel like there you need more people in the industry to specifically just do 
indie games to pick these up and to review them. Um, there's a few out there on Mr. Taco uh, that I'm looking at, or Save Me Mr. Taco, which I like just calling it Mr. Taco, especially because I keep saying it's taco time. That's probably one of the main <laughs> reasons why I picked this game up, just so I could say that while playing. But um, the the main thing that I'm seeing from them is, is a lot of mixed reviews, which is disheartening, uh, just because I did think it was super cute, but I also understand it in the sense that it does seem like a slower paced game just because it's you know for indie games if you're going for that style of you're a game boy game you're not going to be you know cutting edge there's not going to be uh, in the most cases there's not going to be something that's like immediately groundbreaking that puts it one step above the others but it just has a very nice nostalgic feeling to it and it seems like the storyline can get interesting i'm kind of you know very early on into it so i would need to play it to its full to see really how it tags me along if so yeah yeah i i hope to see more reviews for indie games but you do make a good point that yeah it's i mean considering the the release the like the release list that we read every week of just indie games it would be excessively hard to review all of them yeah every week. exactly because like that's the thing is we talk about that and we're saying that we're you know the indie game podcast we talk about all these ones that are coming out but do we actually have time to play every single one of these there's no way it's just like us two and then our occasional guests you know who are trick-or-treating <laughs> yeah that's why alex couldn't be on the podcast he's trick-or-treating and he wanted to once again evade the twitter his <laughs> twitter handle com- conversation i know we yeah. will never find out about that twitter I know, even though I follow him, hint, hint, you could just follow me and then you can find him, you know? I'm not, just not shameless promotion at all. Uh, other than indie games, I've, yeah, I like everyone else who've been playing Red Dead Redemption 2. <laughs> How was it? Which I really enjoy. Yeah, um, it's it's really, really good. I really, I love it for the most part. Uh, I feel like how it's it's very strict in its realism but it's also very lenient which i find odd so like your hat can be hit off and you have to pick up your hat um you can like lose weapons your weapons degrade over time and actual uh they degrade not only physically but in their damage um and such if they get like dirty which is really cool but then at the same time you there's like things where so you have to like bathe you have to eat you have to sleep so it's kind of like a standard like survival game in a way but then at the same time the other day i was mauled by a fucking bear and then after so i just randomly like got out of it i ended up stabbing the bear and then shooting it a shitload of times i was like all scraped up and basically dead and then it's like of course it's a video game so they can't necessarily like be hardcore realistic because let's be real other than the story of like the revenant nobody's getting mauled by a fucking bear and living especially in that time period but i get mauled by this bear and then i ride away on my horse like 10 seconds later all of the like physical markings that you can see were gone and my clothes weren't bloody anymore (laughs) i was like this is so realistic i'm so glad that just happened to me (laughs) selective realism i guess 
right. Yeah, I guess you can only have so much attention to detail. Like, I don't have a huge issue with it, especially because I'm so glad that it's not so realistic that every time I get fucking shot, I have to go get my, like, clothes tailored or, like, <laughs> sew patches in or something like that. But, yeah, it's it's really fun. But I see a lot of the criticism that it gets. Um, It definitely makes a lot of sense, like, how people are talking about how it's devotion to realism kind of like hampers it in a way because it's just kind of a slow game because i would assume times then were slow and you don't necessarily have a you have a choice to be good or bad but from what i understand in a lot of the overarching themes of the game you don't necessarily have that choice um but I like it. I, I'll probably... I'm definitely going to keep playing it. I want to beat it. Uh, I probably won't beat it before Fallout 76 comes out. But I'm definitely going to try to play some more Dead Cells as well. <laughs> nice. Yeah, I don't know. That's uh, So one of the things that I was thinking about when you were talking about Red Dead is um, just specifically in the concept of like indie games. Uh, one of the, the main reasons that I do like indie games a lot is because a lot of them are generally much shorter than AAA titles. And... For some people, they might see that as a bad thing, but I'm thinking on the fact that, like, I have a full-time job and, you know, I have a lot of things that I have to do other than play video games, unfortunately, now, because I don't get to just be a kid who has, not, you know, nothing better to do. So those games, I, you know, I'd like to get into Red Dead Redemption, um, but I just, I can't see myself doing it. I know that I don't have the hours, the time to invest in it, and I know it's not going to be me giving enough to put into that and i feel like based on everything you said that right there would be a bad experience for me because if it's slow and i only have small chunks to give it there's no way that i would enjoy it yeah other than like the the standard it's kind of weird uh the standard like triple a experiences like in three hours like i have roughly maybe an hour to tops three hours that i can play every day if i'm not preoccupied by like writing something or preparing for this podcast um normally with like a large triple a game like horizon or something i can clear out a good chunk of quests but in red dead redemption 2 i'd every night i might get one quest done in like two to three hours or or like two quests and a little bit of like extra stuff but yeah it a lot it all takes a lot of time it's it's something i'm gonna invest a lot of time into but yeah indie games are really nice in that way it's like some of the longest indie games are only like 10 hours tops and that's an optional and uh their price reflects that so it's like oh it's it, the the most i've ever seen an indie game come out for is like uh $35 I think and that's because I bought it physically or like okay I guess the the biggest amount I've seen uh for an indie game was because it was a physical limited edition and it was Owlboy for like $75 or $85 something like that yeah. which if I'm being honest I almost bought but it didn't come with a plush so I was like nah dude I'm not gonna buy it I already own that game physically oh, <laughs> all right then you and those physicals yeah right right it's 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 so good i just love physical games so for today our news is kind of limited which was i actually thought it was kind of interesting because the day that we don't have a million news stories is the day that there's only two of us so that's a little weird we've got uh roughly five six news stories to talk about today and i'm really excited for some of them uh and i'm really excited to get something off my chest here in a second so for our news first news story we are over on ign this written by nick's Santangelo Santangelo 
Ah, yeah. good old Santangelo. He's back. Yeah, Santangelo. I'm pretty sure his name is Santangelo, but whatever. Uh, it is Undertale creator announces and releases mysterious new project. So the creator of Undertale yesterday, uh, I initially had put this story in the doc as him like alluding to something uh, because he actually tweeted out. He did a bunch of weird shit on Twitter. Um, But yeah, he like changed the Undertale like Twitter image to like just a black image which is odd and then he tweeted out uh, really important for players who completed Undertale to return and check back in 24 hours and he says I want to make something new and it all begins with your feedback so he said that yesterday and then 24 hours later he announces kind of uh, he he reveals Deltarune I guess uh, which is a possible like follow up to Undertale um I'm excited to see how it happens. I love that in the article on IGN, it points out that uh, several fans have also pointed out that Deltarune is an anagram for Undertale, which, if I'm being honest, I think anagrams are really fucking stupid. Like, you could almost make anything an anagram. You could say that, like, eat my ass is, like, I love cars. That's an anagram. Like, I don't understand anagrams in general. Uh, but apparently Deltarune also refers to a symbol that appears on Toriel's tunic um, in Undertale. So the big reveal here is that I have not played Undertale. Have you played Undertale? I actually have. So I've played Undertale, but I will admit I did not finish it. I actually did not get hooked by Undertale. Uh, As great of a game as it is claimed to be, uh, and I know it has a huge fan base uh, that will die for this game, uh, I just, I don't know, something about it. It might have been just that I had other games at that time or that it just didn't click with me the right way and I just couldn't keep picking it up. Yeah, yours is definitely worse than mine. I haven't played it. You just didn't like it. I just didn't like it. Well, it's not that I didn't like it. It's just (laughs) I didn't feel compelled to complete it. (laughs) I really want to pick it up because there's a physical collector's edition. But um, I I, I really do want to pick it up because I recently have gone in a a kick of really loving Earthbound. And the creator of uh, Undertale is actually a huge Earthbound, like the Mother Series fan. And he ended up, he was like a modder for a short portion of time, if I remember correctly, uh, for the Earthbound scene, trying to like port Mother 3 to to, like PC. It's, It's a whole thing. But he loved Earthbound so much that he ended up kind of making like a spiritual successor to Earthbound, which was Undertale. I've heard it's amazing, and I've heard that you can... The the coolest thing about it is I try to avoid fights as much as possible in games. And from what I understand, in Undertale, you can actually go through like a pacifist route where you could just not kill anyone. Yeah, so the actual game... And you know, it's funny because talking about it, I'm, I'm like, oh, it was such a good game. It was so cool. And then for some reason, I just didn't continue. I always think about it that I should go back. But the concept was really neat. The fact is you basically fight everyone that you meet in, you know, like enemies as any rpg does but the way the game works is there's a non-pacifist or a pacifist format where instead of the game being an rpg it suddenly turns into this like bullet hell style where you have a cursor and you're avoiding things and it turns into like a little mini game inside of a game um which was 
just very different. It broke the mold kind of in this this style of game. Um, and it was just interesting the way you were able to, you know, choose your ending or so to speak or who your character was throughout this path. Yeah, I'm I'm more than likely going to end up playing Undertale. I think it looks amazing, especially because of my like I don't even actually have nostalgia for the Earthbound series, but um I have an SNES classic, so I could play Earthbound. Uh <laughs> but I'm excited to see what Deltarune ends up being. Um on its website it contains like weird warnings in english and japanese about like security protocols and weird shit yeah and something about yeah 24 hours in the interest of public safety it's it's so weird but it seems like deltarune is going to be coming to pc or like you could download it on pc or mac i'm i'm interested to see in another 24 hours what the hell any of this is none of it makes any sense yeah i'm i'm not too sure and the first time like when i first saw this uh earlier today i looked at the website and i started reading like all the warnings and i was like i don't even know if i want to download this this seems really strange it's very very unsettling what they've done with this page um but yeah basically for public safety you are advised to refrain from discussing of the program for 24 hours you may have to override security protocols to use the program like it just it sounds very like official and very uh just spooky it's halloween themed man they're going with it yeah this kind of like odd marketing campaign is something that i really really love like uh back in the day when shadow of the colossus released uh they also put out kind of like a companion website before the game released uh where you could follow this guy's journeys uh it was basically just like a list of journal entries that this fictional person had uh, had listed and he like uncovered all the colossi and stuff it was really cool and i feel like not enough developers actually do stuff like this uh where it's just kind of an odd like marketing campaign so definitely like props to him for doing this just super weird shit i don't understand it <laughs> But for our next story is a little bit less uh, ambiguous, which is really nice. We're staying on IGN. This one written by Adam Bankhurst. It's No Man's Sky gets the Abyss update. It adds aquatic narrative and submarine vehicles and more. Did you get back into No Man's Sky with the next update? No, I I didn't. Uh, I kind of fell off, especially after, you know, the whole... Uh it basically sucked uh <laughs> kind of sean murray so, lied to us he's a little yeah. bitch that whole thing yeah yeah so i've never i've never picked it back up uh that being said it's starting to look really nice uh this is exactly what the game should have been at launch and i do uh you know appreciate the fact that they're continuing with all these free updates with all these giant expansions to the world um that being said i still don't think i have any interest in picking it back up we'll see what happens when this next uh you know whole premise ends and where it it actually leads to i want to see what the final result is um but some of the things in here are pretty cool i liked the fact that you're going through you know it's not just about space or exploration from the above it's now going beyond your it's a full world exploration which is exactly what this game is trying to do um i thought some of the some of the actual like mechanics to it looked a little clunky in the water but i guess that's kind of how it 
would be if you were submerged underwater so it kind of makes sense i'm a i'm a big uh freak when it comes to games that don't feel smooth or have like a clunky-esque style to them it's one of the reasons why uh also i'm not into red dead redemption just because for rockstar games uh, and those styles in general i can never get with a game that has a clunky feel to it i just can't do it, it just doesn't feel mm, right but you judge me for stardew valley uh i think i think mine is a lot a lot more valid than crazy swinging axe mechanics same thing same thing i i was not massively burned by no man's sky i like my catchphrase when going into video games is being cautiously optimistic i don't like bank everything on a game being amazing so when no man's sky came out yeah, I was super annoyed that it ended up not being at all what it was supposed to be. But I actually worked at GameStop at the time when No Man's Sky came out. And uh, I was, like, selling it. And uh, Damon Hatfield, I think, put out a piece on IGN, like, early the day of, like, No Man's Sky's release. Quoting Sean Murray saying, like, Sean Murray was saying the game was not going to be... Uh, basically just admitting that the game was not going to be what people thought it was and then uh so people like come in to buy no man's sky they came in to pick it up or like get ready for the release that night and i just kept telling them i was like dude this is probably like everyone who's like i'm i'm looking to play like in a never-ending universe with my friends and stuff it was it was announced earlier that day that it was not gonna have multiplayer so i was like yeah that's not gonna happen dude like it's just not. And they didn't believe me. They, were th they thought I was lying because I worked at GameStop. I was like, all right. What do you know? And then, yeah, right. And then these were the same people who came back like the next day after opening it, which sucks. Uh, after opening it, they're the same people who came back and tried to return it. I was like, I'm sorry, I can't return it. <laughs> you have to trade it in for a fraction of what you paid. <laughs> uh, depressing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah it was pretty terrible it got even worse when steam offered refunds on it because then people came back uh and were like i'm extremely dissatisfied with this game and i was like that sucks i can <laughs> i can give you five dollars for it I mean, <laughs> shit like that steam's thing is that you played it for two hours gamestop you know if you buy it and walk away you have it for more than two hours it's kind of like the same thing yeah, it's basically the same thing. <laughs> I, I think the Abyss update is really cool. I did jump back in with the next update. Um, It didn't, like, anchor me to No Man's Sky like I thought it was going to. I... Yeah, right. I, I didn't even realize that I made an, an underwater pun. <laughs> Come on, man. Keep up. I know, right? Yeah. Uh, I need to just have my comedic timing. Just... I need to work on it. Um, But... <laughs> It, yeah, it just didn't pull me back into No Man's Sky like I thought it was going to. I think it's just because I'm not good at survival games, if I'm being honest. I like to play games by myself, and I feel like a lot of survival games, um, they're just so much more fun with other people. And I don't want to play with other people. That's my big issue here. Uh, the, the Abyss update looks really, really cool. It seems like... Um, it seems like they're really trying to cash out on the whole like Subnautica craze that's been going on. How Subnautica became this big deal. Um, and now No Man's Sky is also putting out an underwater DLC, which I imagine was something that was planned beforehand. Uh, and I think it's going to be really good. I think it's a little odd that there's like... 
they they have some weird wording that like uh there's unique terrifying creatures waiting for you on the ocean floor and i'm like ah yeah this is like some subnautica shit like you're gonna go down there and a fat eel is gonna fucking eat you <laughs> maybe yeah i don't know i i was interested when they they were talking about like the the treasure that you can find underneath the surface and i was like i was like what could you possibly find like i don't know it's gonna be like dark matter or some stupid shit it's gonna be like yeah the treasure is the same shit you could get before but it's more plentiful ah yes good old aqua matter yeah right it's just gonna get annoying i know it is i'm interested to see how it all pans out uh for our next story we are over on game informer this one written by iram khan which he seems to write like every single one of their news stories about video games <laughs> yeah I, I see his face all the time on game informer <laughs> yeah i'm really starting to like i i have a newfound respect for game informer that they they're one of the few sites that actually puts out a decent amount of indie games news but also this one dude is the west coast news editor and he posts so much shit about indie games <laughs> It's ridiculous. Uh, but this is Frostbite confirms Trine 4 for PC and consoles. Uh, they confirmed yet did not confirm kind of a thing. Uh, they announced it, which confirmed the game was real, but it wasn't an official announcement of the game, which he thinks is odd, and I definitely think it's odd. I've never played any of the Trine games. Uh, have you played any of them? I've played, uh, was it two? It was either one or two because they he was mentioning uh, in the article that the third one, Trine 3, took an approach to a 3D uh, adventure style, whereas uh, I know I didn't play that one. I played the 2D version. Uh, Trine, it's got a big following. Honestly, it wasn't anything that I thought was that crazy. Um, I liked it, but I'm not uh, into games that have you switch characters constantly, which is what that game has you do. Um, you can play it with multiplayer, uh, I believe, with like friends to have them as the other characters, which I think I would have enjoyed more. Um, but no one that I like play games with at it for some reason. So it kind of just fell off my radar. Um, if I mean, depending on where it's going, uh, because if they do go back to its 2D roots, so to speak. Um, and if it has enough of a backing and some of my you know, buddies actually pick it up, I'd probably try it out again. Um, but from a single player perspective, I couldn't get into it really. Yeah, it seems like absolutely nothing other than that this game exists uh, is actually known about it other than uh, that it's going to be published by Mundus Games, which is pretty interesting. But other than that, yeah, there's there's nothing about Trine. Um, yeah, I've I've seen different stuff for it. And it definitely reminds me of like the old fashioned like gauntlet games where uh, you I don't believe in Gauntlet you actually switched through different characters, but you had the option to, and then when your friends jumped in, obviously they could play as them. Um, it, it reminds me like of those, but I, I don't think I'll ever get into trying, and I don't really know why. Um, I might pick up the first and second, but everything I've seen from the series is not exactly my cup of tea, but I have a friend who's super into them, so... I hope he likes the unofficial announcement of <laughs> Trine 4 supposedly coming to uh, PS4, Nintendo Switch, Xbox One, and PC next year. But it's not exactly like... Yeah, I don't know. I don't it know. Seems, uh, 
it's it seems pretty soon to not have an official like release date and to say it's on every single one of these consoles and that we've heard nothing of it and it's just coming out in 2019 so i am a little surprised at that and i wonder really you know where they're at development wise with this game but i mean maybe in the next few weeks we'll see something as far as an official announcement at least I hope so. Because <laughs> just announcing but not announcing that the game exists is is probably not the way to go if yeah. you want people to enjoy. Because uh, supposedly Trine 3 was not exactly well received because of its new 3D approach. So hopefully uh, that team puts out Trine 4 and people just fucking love it. So uh, for our next story, we are actually going over to Twinfinite. This one written by... Danny, I'm just going to say Danny Roomba because I don't know how to say his last name. Uh, Ark Survival Evolved on Switch release date revealed. So apparently earlier this year, uh, the developers of Ark had actually said that the Nintendo Switch uh, is something that they were looking towards for Ark Survival Evolved. Um, and now it is actually confirmed it is coming to Switch. Um, this is all done through their YouTube channel as a teaser trailer. Uh, and it's coming on November 30th, 2018 which is a concrete release date from what i understand but uh nobody knows necessarily whether or not it's going to have multiple editions like it did with its physical releases on ps4 and xbox one um or if it's going to come with uh the multiple different dlcs that it has out at the moment but i played i i've played a little bit of arc survival evolved and i actually really enjoyed it but once again it's kind of a survival game and you definitely you don't need to play it with other people but it's much more fun when you play it with others but i'm just in that game specifically i way too stingy i like tried to make my own house and i was like don't come into my house (laughs) (laughs) and then of of course i had like a fucking raptor spawn in my house and eat my ass and then i couldn't go back in my house because it just kept eating me so i was like all right this is a fun game (laughs) (laughs) well that's what happens when you're uh back in the past living with dinosaurs sometimes they just you know they move in you gotta leave yeah it's like the flintstones but it's even worse because <laughs> they just eat your ass every time you try to enter your house they're not like it's not like a pterodactyls or a telephone or anything like that it's just like no it's just it's kind of a garbage disposal for humans you just walk in there you get eaten then you revive somehow in a weird way so <laughs> Good luck with that one. Did you play Ark Survival Evolved at all? No, I never played it. Honestly, survival games aren't really my uh, my thing, which is uh, interesting since that's like everything we have on the lineup lately. <laughs> but um, but yeah, survival games, not really for me. Um, I think it's kind of cool that they're bringing to Switch. I really don't know how this will do. Um, I feel like I feel like it's so late in the game. Um, just because this is, I mean, how long, how old is Ark Survival? This is Ark like, Survival Evolved, I believe, originally came out in, uh, let's see, uh, it was finally released, yeah, in 2017, that was only for consoles, but it was, before that, it was in early access on PC, so. Gotcha, okay, yeah, I thought it was, like, a lot older, and that's because of the early access part, okay, which, I guess it is, but, I don't know, it, it feels, it feels kind of late, even being 2017, just because I feel like most of this would be good for an online presence, and I don't know what that's going to look like, um, that being said, 
a lot of people who are you know porting everything to the nintendo switch is really it's that they're pushing towards an audience that don't have a lot of these consoles you know the new bigger aged consoles or the pc so i mean this could have a niche market that uh works out for them i just i can't i can't envision this going that well on the switch but i could be wrong yeah, I don't envision it going that well either, specifically because of the Switch's online functionality isn't exactly the greatest at the moment from what I understand, and a large portion of what Ark Survival Evolved is about is online play, um, and just kind of like surviving in a server with a bunch of other people and you can attack each other. I honestly, I wouldn't be surprised if it came out and did not have the online components. It was just a single player. Uh, but I'm not exactly like, I, I don't have any insider information. I'm just saying I would not be surprised if that did not happen, if that happened yeah. kind of a thing. But the single player is really decent. I actually enjoyed Ark Survival Evolved. I, I hope that its Switch release goes really, really well. Um, but I just, I can't see it going that well, to be honest. <laughs> think- Especially because it seems like the the whole craze for survival games isn't exactly like, I don't know, it's not really going, it, it doesn't have the steam that it used to. Uh, it seemed like after, uh, what is it, like the Arma mods and uh, DayZ and everything, after all of those things came out, um, especially like Minecraft survival mode, all of those things came out and survival modes and survival games themselves became a really big deal and we saw a massive influx of them with rust and all sorts of other survival games and then there came arc which is really cool because it was a weird like dinosaur survival game um but now i feel like we're kind of I don't know, we're kind of past that. I don't see a massive amount of survival games coming out anymore. Which is, yeah, once again, definitely weird, considering we talked about, like, three of them today. Yeah, I know, but, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I just don't see a massive influx of them. Like, we might get, like, updates on old ones, like the No Man's Sky updates, but I'm not seeing a bunch of them come out, and I'm not seeing the huge craze that there was before. Yeah, I think that makes sense. Um, I really don't know. Looking at some of the gameplay for this, I feel like this would definitely not be the game for me. It does not look as appealing uh, as I would want from a game with raptors. Um, But, you know, survivals aren't for me, and that's okay. Yeah, it's it's a really fun game. But uh, we are staying on Twinfinite for our next story. This one written by Darby Hallman maybe uh both outlast games get physical releases on switch this week so it looks like their physical releases are coming through limited run games which is an awesome little uh game company that makes basically takes like indie games or just lesser known games uh that are only digital and makes physical copies of them which is really interesting that must be your hero yeah they're actually my jam that's not a joke (laughs) (laughs) i really like them uh it's they put out a lot of the games so like uh I think limited run games, they put out uh, Flint Hook, they put out Hotline Miami, they put out uh, Windjammers, they put out all sorts of different indie games physically, which is really, really cool. And uh, yeah, they do it, as the name suggests, they do it as a limited run. So they make a certain amount of copies every time they put out physical editions. And then at the end of that, there's just no more. Once they're sold, there's no more um, until they do their like next 
influx of games, which is really, really cool. Uh, but it looks like both Outlast and Outlast 2 are going to be receiving physical editions um, for the Nintendo Switch on October 26th. That is this Friday. Nope, that's last Friday. No. Yeah, this... <laughs> I don't... Yeah, this... It was within the last week. It was sometime. But they released physical editions for them on the Nintendo Switch. Uh, and they were originally released on pc xbox one and ps4 if i remember correctly it looks like the price points on the nintendo switch are going to be 29.99 for outlast itself and outlast 2 is going to be receiving a price point of 34.99 um and i guess the original game will also come with the whistleblower dlc attached to it which is really cool i I really love this article because at one point in time uh it seems like they like yeah, uh, when asked by Twitter user Matt Plews, Matt underscore Plews or something like that, because uh, there is going to be a collector's edition of these as well that will include both games, but he asked them if the collector's edition would be cheaper than buying both versions separately, and Limited Run Games responded, depends on how you assign value to uh, to the items inside the collector's edition. It includes a lot of extra stuff. Uh, so good marketing way to say no. Yeah, right? It's like, in lamest terms, nah, dude, it's gonna be more. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, that's generally how Collector's Edition goes. I don't don't know why it wouldn't be uh, more than the bundle, depending on what's in there, obviously, but... Yeah, if they were to just put out a bundle of the the two games, similar to how uh, we saw like a Wolfenstein The New Order and The Old Blood before Wolfenstein The New Colossus came out, how it was just both games with the DL, or I guess The Old Blood is the DLC for The New Order, but uh, it came out both games on one disc that was cheaper than buying the two of them separately. If it was just something like that, I would understand because it's just like, oh, cool, it's a collection of games. But if it's a collector's edition, um, it always means there's going to be extra stuff. Even if it's just stickers, it's going to cost more money. <laughs> yeah. Like, that's just how collector's editions goes. That that Owlboy uh, collector's limited edition I was talking about earlier that was like 75 to $85 it was put out it was basically just the game a map some coins and some other stuff uh but it was double the price if not almost triple the price of just the game by itself because it came with physical goodies as well so yeah collector's editions generally are much more and you get like a statue or something which is my jam i could (laughs) not want a thing of stickers from outlast (laughs) i have no interest in what those stickers would look like just just decapitated heads and like <laughs> random penises <laughs> i mean maybe i don't know just weird shit all over yeah i don't really know what the stickers for outlast would look like if we're being honest yeah. so for our next story i'm gonna pass it over to you because i have not played for the king so yeah t- t- feel free to just go on a rant about it all right (laughs) so the reason why i put this on the list is because for the king is coming out with a new game mode it is the new uncooperative mode now if you're not familiar with for the king it's a three-person adventure where you basically get to pick different classes um, and keep in mind you can't play this as one person and just play the three characters themselves but um you play with three different people or two different people three people play 
And you're essentially going on this quest, uh, depending on the game mode, to complete something. It might be to stop this evil uh, entity in one area. You might be going on an endless dungeon run. Uh, but in all of the modes, it's all of you trying to complete something cooperatively to get to that end, that final finish, and to win the game. However, what they're doing with this new mode is creating uncooperative so having you fight against each other but it's not in the way you would think you're not going to literally fight each other's characters one one by one but instead you'll be playing similarly to the old for the king style and each character will essentially have a quest to get to at the end of this so their mission or their goal um, and each one can kind of screw the other one over in certain ways. So things like getting the last hit on an enemy will get you extra points, um, whereas you can just not attack during your turn so that you make someone else weaken them and then attack the enemy last. Um, essentially, the way it plays is an RPG where it's a turn-based. You go to a uh, certain area, you fight an enemy, and the three of you will be side-by-side -side fighting the enemies on the map. Um, so there's a lot of interesting uh, mechanics that will come from this that are new to the game, and I'm super excited about it because it's it's such a good game. It really it plays into being very difficult and very unforgiving. Uh, it's very um, roguelike. Of each time you play, the map will be different, and the characters or enemies that spawn will always be in different areas or different hexes. Um, it's a really cool concept, and I think this uncooperative mode is going to uh, get me and my friends who play this game back into it. Uh, we usually have, you know our fallouts on it um, but it does look very interesting so some of the things that are in here so what does uncooperative mean uh, basically it's them talking and saying that in gold rush you play against other players and are tasked by everyone's favorite scourge fergus the mad to be the first to deliver a hundred gold coins to his hidden vault you're in the brand new realm the midnight woods a land of perpetual darkness and spooky nighttime enemies the winner is granted a random one of three brand new cosmetics uh which basically seem to be a pumpkin head uh lantern backpack um and it looks like it might be part of uh the costume i'm not sure oh here we go the midnight helmet midnight backpack and the midnight clothes so it's just the clothes in general um so one of the cool things about this game is as you're playing throughout, you get uh, what's known as lore, which you can use to either buy new things that will spawn on the map so that your game will become even different to play. Or you can buy cosmetic things to just make your characters look cooler, um, which it's really awesome because if you play with a party, so I play with a guy who plays this game way too much and he's bought everything. So now I only have to worry about the cosmetic things because I always play with him anyway. And so any game we're in, we get all the added benefits of those things that you're just casually mooching off casually <laughs> mooching off of all his hard work but the point is the game is awesome i would recommend it uh to anyone who has two friends and wants to play a rpg uh style game that is very roguelike in nature um one thing is it once again is very hard uh it is very unforgiving um but it's a good it's a good game and it constantly has you going back and having a different effect to it, um, and I, I definitely like this mode of trying to switch things up. 
Yeah, I like that it seems, like, from what you said, it seems to just turn the gameplay loop on its head, where it's like, no, you no longer, like, work together cooperatively. It's like, now you strategically fuck over your friends. <laughs> yeah, it's interesting because, like, one of the things that we always do as our group is there's a character called, um, oh, what are they called? The Herbalist. And the reason why that class we always pick it is because they have a uh, skill to basically heal the party with a certain item. So they can always heal everyone rather than just themselves. Um, so it's super useful. But now, because of this mode, obviously no one is going to want to pick it because you're going to want to screw over the team. But at the same time, how hard is the game going to be? Is there going to be an element of, you know, helping out until you don't? Or is it just a free-for-all throughout the entire thing? That's what I'm looking forward to seeing. Hmm. That sounds really exciting. I I might actually pick up For the King uh, with all of this talk about it. It seems really interesting. I I don't know. I'm not I'm not very one, I'm not very good at games uh, just in general, which is super <laughs> funny. And uh, two, I'm not good at roguelikes at all, and I've never necessarily enjoyed them because I've always felt like you didn't get anything for it, which sounds really weird other than just the like fun of playing, which kind of is what games are all about but for some reason i have an issue with it so but... yeah so two things about that then uh one you don't really have to be good at games for this one other than just understanding really the basic premise of it it is although you know a roguelike it's it's in its essence you're basically playing on a map where you roll a dice essentially based on your uh, statistics um, and then you move those spaces and you'll fight enemies or go to different event spaces but the fighting is actually turn-based so it's not anything that requires heavy mechanics or you know a deep um, understanding of the game other than the basics of you know how do I live and what items are good for me um, but as far as it being a roguelike and that once you die, things are pretty much the same every time you start, it is true, with the exception of that thing that I mentioned where as you play, you gain what's known as lore and you buy new items or new events that will show up in the shops or show up on the map as you're going through. Yeah, I really like that. I feel like a lot of roguelike games are just uh, roguelikes or roguelike games. Um, they don't include stuff like uh, like dead cells includes the cells themselves, uh, like upgrades or just even cosmetics like it seems like for the king does. I really enjoy that because not many roguelikes or roguelites do that. So it seems like I'm actually getting something for it. And you describing the minute-to-minute -minute gameplay of this is kind of funny because I play Dungeons and Dragons, and this is literally the exact same. Like it's it's eerily similar to the way everything goes in Dungeons and Dragons, where you just basically move spaces and combat is done in turn-based, and everything's based on stats. Which I've actually been wanting to write an article about, uh, kind of like how every person who plays video games and enjoys them should actually just play one session of dungeons and dragons because it gives you a whole new take on video games in general um right. but it seems like for the king is the exact game that you're just like holy shit this is basically dungeons and dragons but now i can even i can fuck over my friends even more <laughs> yeah i mean it does have a lot of elements to uh that are very similar to dungeons and dragons so if you are a fan of dungeons and dragons i would definitely recommend this um it's uh it's obviously not going to be as immersive or as you know rich in story as a dungeons and dragons game can be 
Um, but it definitely is a fun time, especially because it's good to just pick up and play and you can save in the middle of any map and just come back to it later with your friends. So it, it has a lot of, you know, quick pick up and start, uh, start again, as well as replayability. Nice. Yeah, I will more than likely have to pick it up. Uh, so now it's time for us to get into a, a, a time-honored tradition in the past three episodes of this podcast, including this one. Uh, it is time for God Bless Us Kickstarter. This is where we go to Kickstarter and find indie games on Kickstarter that we want to talk about, that we hope uh, just to sh- shed a little bit of extra light on, possibly make them, uh, or not make them meet their goals, but help them meet their goals. We have two for today, just like we did last week. Uh, we've got Cinema, the Cinema Rosa and the Waylanders RPG. So the thing I have to say about the Cinema Rosa is that, like, I enjoyed the trailer, but there are times in the trailer where I'm like, dude, your audio is so fucked up. <laughs> like the the audio of the narrator is so quiet and then they have the the music that pops in at the same time so he'll be talking and at times i'm like i don't even know what you just said it's like you're talking <laughs> into a fan dude like i i don't know how that slips through i don't get it <laughs> i mean it's it's you know there that's what the four thousand uh dollar pledge goal is for to you know a new trailer uh, yeah for that new trailer (laughs) with better audio (laughs) overall the game looks really cool it's kind of like a first person puzzle based game um i I think they compare it to the stanley parable uh which we actually talked about last week damn we talk about basically the same shit every week (laughs) i just realized what's slightly different yeah it's the same but slightly different i mean i honestly like i had come across like three things about anime boobs and i decided not to this week so. <laughs> i mean yes. it would have been tradition us being just the only two here oh my god i should have done it <laughs> i wish alex would have given us a heads up earlier so i could have done something about it but the cinema rosa looks really interesting um i don't know necessarily if i'm gonna play it just because the first person puzzle games aren't exactly my deal um but i feel like once again just kind of like a whole gamer issue that i have is that i also have not played portal any of the portal games no yeah oh i've played a tiny bit of portal 2 um but other than that i haven't played a whole lot of portals so i feel like after I eventually beat Portal 2, then I will start playing more uh, first-person puzzle-based games like the Stanley Parable. And then if the Cinema Rosa comes out by that point in time, I'll probably play it. <laughs> I mean, I will say that Portal is a much different game as far as puzzle goes for the mechanics of it than I feel like this and the Stanley Parable ever got close to. Um, oh absolutely but uh i'm really in it for that narrative if this can do something like the stanley parable did um i'm all down for it i loved stanley parable the story for it was just really good very interesting and from what it seems um you know there's nothing that like pulled me into it as far as like just from the trailer's perspective because they really don't give too much other than it being uh, a couple that seems to have built this old cinema back in the day and now it's you know destroyed and you're walking through it so i I don't know a lot about it but i mean this could be something that is worthwhile um it is interesting though that they're only doing a four thousand goal it seems kind of light um 
but uh, you know, I, I'm sure there's not anything that's that crazy they need to do. Um, it still is a small amount for games. Uh, I'm trying to quickly look to see if they have anything in here as far as what exactly they needed that money for. Um, yeah, I've definitely thought that's weird with Kickstarters. Sometimes they don't necessarily like say right out what they're gonna use the money on. Like they'll yeah. most of the time they they will. They'll be like, oh, we need this for like new in-game assets and stuff like that. But other Kickstarter campaigns are like super vague. They're like, we need money to make it. <laughs> yeah, it's it's interesting because um, it seems like just based on the trailer i mean obviously that's only you know a minute or so of content so that really doesn't say as much but what you saw seemed very you know polished in a way um so it might just be that they're getting closer to wrapping up and they just need some extra funding to get to that last step um it doesn't say anywhere in the actual um kickstarter page of what the money is for but they also say that as you back them you get a free copy of the demo um they have a whole discord chat up and running right now so it sounds like they've been doing this for a while and it sounds like they have you know something to show for it so that might just be the reason why yeah for for the other one uh the waylanders i think or i guess i didn't even actually introduce it uh yeah for our second one it is the (laughs) waylanders which is an rpg um i of the two games i will more than likely if i donate or just back either one of them it'll definitely be the waylanders like scrolling through some of the stuff that you could get me being the just hound for physical media i have to give $4,000 $4,000 and I can get a steel book. <laughs> you get a lot of other cool stuff. I just think it's hilarious that I have to give $4,000 to get a steel book. It has a, a pretty lofty goal of 150k, which is pretty crazy, but um while watching the Waylanders like it's little trailer that comes here, it really makes me wonder why they make such bad trailers for kickstarter pages <laughs> just make a good one and you'll probably get more money because it's it's probably one of the most uncomfortable videos i've ever watched in my life like it goes through a little bit about the game in the beginning and then it's it gets into this weird like scripted section where the game director and like different people the narrative designers get get into talking and it's so weirdly edited and it's just the weirdest shot i've ever seen i don't understand why they don't make good trailers for this it's just so (laughs) funny yeah i mean i'm a big advocate and hater of game trailers that don't show gameplay um that being said this one does it has its moments but there is a lot where if you just scroll through it there's just them talking about different things that they want to do which it makes sense because as a kickstarter they're trying to just say like this is our vision this is where we want to go um but that that being said i feel like they definitely could have focused more on the game because it looks like they do have already aspects of it that are flushed out it's a very large video and just anytime you make a video that's long people are going to add out and just be like all right i've lost interest and click around through it um i don't think it's gonna make it it's got 15 days left and you know i kind of hope i'm wrong because it does look interesting um it looks very close to a dragon age-esque style game 
um, or like a Baldur's Gate uh, style, which I do enjoy. Um, but their goal of 150,000 and them only having uh, almost half of that right now with only 15 days to go, it's pretty. Uh, it's a pretty big goal for them to attain. Yeah, it'll it'll have to be like. It's it'll be a big feat for them if they can get to that that 150k. Um, uh, the biggest issue that I have with it in general, which yeah, you did hint on that they they kind of lacked a lot of gameplay in the trailer, but also um, at one point in time in the trailer, it talks about like the animations. It's like oh, we have a bunch of unique animations, and they just they look so good. And then while watching some of the gameplay, I was like, that animation looks so fucking weird. <laughs> I. <laughs> Like, there's a point in time where a guy switch and, okay, this is not a, a thing that normally happens for me, trust me, but a guy that swings something over his head in the weirdest way, I'm just like, oh my god, this is Stardew Valley all over again. Oh, man. I just can't, I can't get into this game now. But it's a game entirely based off of Celtic mythology, which is really, really cool. I hope the Waylanders sees an entire release. I hope they get all the money they need. But yeah, you you definitely hit the nail on the head. Uh, they de they should have included more gameplay, um, and it definitely does look a lot like a typical isometric RPG. So uh, like Pillars of Eternity or Dragon Age or Baldur's Gate. So. Now, I think it's about time that we uh, tell the kids what they probably came here for, which is just wanting to know what indie games released this week. So I'm going to ask you kindly, Josh, to buckle up, because there's, there's not very many this week, which I Click. thought was a little odd. <laughs> yeah, normally when making this list, uh, I find kind of like a shitload of indie games that come out, obviously, because especially for the Nintendo Switch, there's like 40 of them, but this week, it's kind of like barren. I had to go out of my way to try to find the meager list that I have. <laughs> so these are indie games coming out between October 28th and November 3rd. Uh, first, I'm going to go with the multiple platform, but of course, these are sectioned into uh, their own sections. So I have multiple PlayStation 4, PlayStation Vita, and PSVRs in one, not multiple and that uh just multiples by itself them by themselves xbox nintendo switch windows and mobile if i can find any mobile titles that are coming out of course this is not a full list there are some games that of course will fall through the cracks with indie games which definitely sucks uh if you would like your indie game featured on this and you you're pretty sure i'm not going to hear about it feel free to hit me up on twitter also if you are launching a kickstarter feel free to hit either me or josh up on twitter as well and you may get your game uh talked about on god bless this kickstarter and i may or may not make fun of its trailer so uh <laughs> for multiple we've got save me mr taco uh it comes to windows pc switch on tuesday october 30th 2018 for PlayStation 4 and PlayStation Vita, we have Dream Daddy Dad Rector's Cut, which just makes me uncomfortable saying that. <laughs> the Dad Rector's Cut part is just so weird. Uh, that comes to PlayStation 4 on Tuesday, October 30th. Paper Dolls come to PlayStation VR Tuesday, October 30th. Nekopara Volume 1, which I would like to let you know guess what one of the tags in its steam pages just go ahead take a guess josh what do you think it is mm, i don't know is it something about anime boobs 
It's nudity, motherfucker. Oh, That's yeah. That's Anime boobies. <laughs> yeah, Nekupara Volume 1 is coming to PlayStation 4 on uh, Friday, November 2nd. Shadow of the Loot Box, which I thought was... Or it's just Shadow of Loot Box coming to PlayStation 4 Friday, November 2nd. We talked about loot boxes last week. So I was like, interesting how that <laughs> came up. Uh, coming to the Xbox One, we have Infinite Adventures on Xbox One Tuesday, October 30th. The One We Found coming to Xbox One Tuesday, October 30th. And The First Tree coming to Xbox One Thursday, November 1st. Going on to the Switch releases, we have Skyscrapers coming to Switch Monday, October 29th. Knock Knock coming to Switch Wednesday, October 31st. Hidden Folks coming to Switch Wednesday, October 31st. Transistor, which I'm super excited about because I love it. Um, And I just love Super... I think it's Super Giant. I I feel like I'm getting that wrong. I'm fairly certain it's Super Giant. As a studio, I loved Bastion and Transistor's amazing. Uh, Transistor's coming to the Nintendo Switch on Thursday, November 1st. Okay, I'm going to say this wrong. I'm pretty sure it's Machinarium, maybe, is coming to the Nintendo... It's just Machinarium, by the way. Maybe. It was just me. It's probably Machinarium? (laughs) Is it like Mach Robots? Uh, it's it's a weird robot thing. Yeah, it's it's robots. But uh, Machinarium, Machinarium, however you say it, is coming to Nintendo Switch Thursday, November 1st. <laughs> uh, now on to Windows PC, which not surprisingly has a shitload of games coming to it. Uh, we have... I really want to say that like Ratatouille, but I know it's not. It's like Kitroli, something like that. Uh, <laughs> Citro- it's got Citro- a weird name. Citroli? Cit- I don't know. I'm done. <laughs> Let's go with it. It's like Citroli or something Citroli. like that. Coming to Windows PC Monday, October 29th. The Earth Dies Screaming, which is just super ominous, is coming to Windows PC Monday, October 29th. Infinite Adventures coming to Windows, P- Windows PC Monday, October 29th. Project Hospital coming to PC Tuesday, October 30th. Adapter? It's A-D-A-P-T-R. That's as much as you guys are getting out of me. Is coming to PC Wednesday, October 31st. Blackbird coming to PC on Wednesday, October 31st. Gloom, which I will tell you right now, there are at least two different Gloom games because I like had to go out of my way to try to find this one because um, the other Gloom game looked so much more interesting which i'm sorry for saying but it did uh it was like a 3d platformer in this weird lovecraftian world yeah. guess what this one is not that one this one's got some weird ass fucking clowns <laughs> and it's coming to pc on wednesday october 31st kaiju big battle fido fantasy coming to pc wednesday october 31st fido fit photo i just said fido because of the other one God damn it. Uh, photo finish coming to PC Wednesday, October 31st. There is no turning back. Yep, there is no turning back because I thought I read that weird. Uh, it's coming to PC Wednesday, October 31st. Wizard Prison. Yep, that's a name. Uh, coming to PC Wednesday, October 31st. Red Sun RTS coming to PC Thursday, November 1st. Galaxy Squad coming uh, to PC on Friday, November 2nd. Heavy Burger, yeah, yeah, it's coming out on other consoles other than the Nintendo Switch like it did last week, uh, is coming to PC Friday, November 2nd, R- Ruya, 
I'm gonna go with Ruya. It's coming to PC Friday, November 2nd. The other half coming to PC Friday, Friday, November 2nd. The Wall coming to PC Friday, November 2nd. And our last game for today is Time Warpers coming to PC Friday, November 2nd. So, as once again, a time-honored tradition, uh, you and I pick out a game that we think looks fantastic or we're just going to play in general, uh, and we talk about it a little bit. So, did you see any on this list that you think you might pick up or you might want to check out? I guess you already have saved me, Mr. Taco, <laughs> yeah. but I feel like that's a cop-out. <laughs> <laughs> that is kind of my cop-out. Uh, I was looking over the list and I was like, oh, yeah, that one. That's the one I got. That's the one I'm definitely going to play. Um other than that, I think as a great title, uh, I have played this one, but just as an extra shout out, I definitely think people who haven't played it should pick up Transistor for the Switch. Uh, an awesome game uh, and definitely worth uh, picking up if you've never played it, especially on the Switch. Yeah, I really love Transistor. Um, I have not picked up Save Me Mr. Taco, which I probably will, but the one I really want to shout out is Nekopara, dude. I just want to play it so much on PS4. I want to see those anime movies. Uh, <laughs> not really. That was absolutely... It was a joke. I'm not that pervy, at least. I really want to play Kaiju Big Battle Fido Fantasy. No, I don't want to play Dream Daddy. I don't want to play the Game Grumps game. No. I want to play, uh, yeah, the Kaiju Big Battle Final Fantasy. It looks really interesting. It has this kind of weird art style similar to, uh, I think it's Chroma Squad that came out not too long ago. It has a similar art style, and it's kind of like robots v. Kaiju in a weird turn-based battle system. I love kaiju and I love big-ass robots. So this was kind of just right in my wheelhouse. I'm really excited for it. I mean, I could pick it up today, but I got Red Dead Redemption 2 and I got Dead Cells. I don't think I'm going to pick it up on PC today, but I will hopefully check it out in the future. But that's my pick, dude. That's my pick. Freaking. <laughs> All right. I'm, I'm not going to play the anime titty game specifically because of that. Too hyped. Too hyped. <laughs> So how do you think this podcast went today? Did you enjoy it, Josh? Did you did it live up to all your expectations? Not enough spooky. Ah oh, man, yeah, yeah. There's there definitely wasn't enough spooky shit going on. I love that everybody's doing spooky shit for Halloween. Like when you were talking about uh the for the king, you were talking about how they put in the the spooky the yeah arrangements and stuff <laughs> it's weird because i was like thinking about it like this is such a holiday where i feel like game developers and like you know the marketing team they're always like oh put a halloween themed like event and put a discount on our game and it's like but your game has nothing to do with spooky stuff or halloween they're like just draw one of the characters in a pumpkin it'll make sense and like <laughs> it's just so ridiculous i'm like oh, okay i guess i'll pay less money for this game like if only Halloween Forever came out two weeks later, it would have been solid. It would have been the perfect release game for this week. Yeah, they really, they really screwed up on that. What, what are you doing, marketing yeah. team? Get to it. Come on now. Get yeah, dude, game. just freaking release your game on Halloween when it's called Halloween Forever. <laughs> Halloween for never. Oh, shit. Perfect time to end the podcast. Thank you guys so much for listening to this. If you did... Uh, I'm assuming you did because you're hearing me say thank you. So yeah, th thanks for listening to this. Make sure uh, to come back each and every Friday to the Parallax YouTube channel or possibly podcast services whenever I figure out how to do that uh, because that'll be 
something that I do eventually. Uh, make sure you guys come here if you guys want to hear about indie games and uh, so, so much more. Us talk about anime boobs and candy corn, whatever. Uh, where can we follow you at, John? Josh? I almost called you John. <laughs> All right. I own the website now. Ha-ha. <laughs> uh, <laughs> You can find me on Twitter at the underscore Josh. That's Josh, but with an R in the middle, 90. How many other the underscore Jorshes were there? Were there uh, 90? I don't know, but there was one, and it pissed me off and made me create 90. You're like, fuck you, dude. It's kind of like that old prank where you'd go and like take two pigs, but label one of them one and the other three, and they're just like, where's that fucking second pig, dude? he's sitting there wondering he's like where are these other 89 i really need to know where the or i guess it's 88 but still he he needs to know where the other 88 fucking the underscore georges were yeah that's uh (laughs) that's pretty much what uh what spawned me to do it i was like yep i thought about that pig story and i was like well i'll just put 90 on here that'll do It's going to drive him crazy. He's going to find you in like 10 years and he's going to be like, where's the other 88, bitch? Where'd you get the 90? (laughs) He's going to be pissed. I'm telling you right now. He's going to be like, I'm the underscore George. Well, you know what? That's what he gets for taking my name. That's solid. Yeah. Yeah. You guys can follow me at Hyde Legion on Twitter. Uh, If you'd like, it's of course the at sign H-Y-D-E-L-E-G-I-O-N. Make sure to contact me if you guys possibly want to be on the podcast in the future or if you just want to be featured in either the god bless this kickstarter or you want to hit me up about your indie games pretty much anything uh make sure you hit me or josh up on twitter or you can uh, check out our stuff over on parallax that's uh parallaxmedia.one i believe is the website it's kind of like an odd thing but i'll make sure i link it down below as well as put time codes down there um yeah that's that's it for us today i hope you guys have a fantastic day and i hope you enjoyed hearing about indie games this week Woo! everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems but getting therapy has its own problems too like finding the right therapist fitting into their schedule and of course the cost well better help can solve those problems it's totally online and built around your schedule It's surprisingly affordable, too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp H-E-L-P.